0: I was excited because I got to see the reports before you guys got to hear them, and, and you'll be getting the, um, them in the newsletter uh, that's coming out. But I was like, I couldn't wait till tonight because I was like, oh, this is so good. This stuff is so, so good. Um, let's go to Romans 12. Tonight, I want to talk about healthy self-image, because I I know nobody's ever had a problem with that. (laughs) You know, isn't it wacky, like, how hard that can be? You know, it's, and what is a healthy self-image anyway? Do you know what I mean? Like, Do you ever think about what would be the ideal as far as how you see yourself? Um, Because I kind of came from a school of thought, like, way back in the day, in the 70s, and uh, where I'd go to all of these sort of rah-rah, you know, I was really big onto the motivational, you know, I would go to all the motivational speakers and and that kind of thing, and and you know where where you give yourself pep talks where you're just like you're the greatest you're wonderful you're like do you know what, you've heard those right where you just give affirmations you know kind of thing and so and somehow um you know I thought that was the answer you know healthy self images you got to just think you're great <laughs> you know now Wait, what what's kind of the problem with that idea? <coughs> it, might it might not necessarily <laughs> all be true. <laughs> you know, I, it's just sort of like look in the mirror and say great things to yourself. It just I like you. You're likable. You know, I. You know what's really actually uh, come to think of it, something that's that's sad is um. On the on a more serious side, with this as far as not working goes is um one of the one of the heaviest things that I've ever had to go through was um I had a my best friend that committed suicide and it was one of the most it, it, there was a time I didn't think I was going to even live through it and he was major positive affirmation guy do you know what I'm saying like he had a journal his parents gave me his journals and it just was had pages and pages of affirmations. People like me. I'm popular. You know, it's just things like that. I'm telling you, the reason that that is not enough is because we're all aware of the fact that that there's places lacking, and that's the truth, too. Now, so what happens a lot of times is we swing wildly from one side to the other, and, you know, where it's one extreme or the other. Have you ever experienced, you know, because I know that a lot of us have experienced the other side of the coin where the self-talk is really ugly and nasty. You are, you know, I've definitely had it in my brain. I've had really extreme stuff in my brain about you're a loser, you're worthless, you know, you're disgusting, you know, just really, really intense voices. You know, there was... a. um, Gosh, I, you know, it, it, it can be a battle sometimes. I, and I, I don't know anybody that hasn't struggled with those voices. And so that's on the other side of things that that's not reality too. You know, when you're painting a self-picture of yourself that is just shaming, blaming, vile, hateful, that is not the reality either. So when I'm talking about having a healthy self-image, I'm talking about Reality is your friend, you know, and it really is like the place that we are going to find peace is embracing the whole of who we are, you know. um, And so we're going to take a look because this section that we're going to get to in Romans today, um, kind of talks about that and kind of talks a lot of the ingredients of this um, come up, and we'll see what does a healthy self image look like a little bit and. as well as how we get there. So in Romans 12 and verse 1, it starts off. This is um, the, the theme verse, actually, for the ambassador program. Um, in 12.1, it says, Therefore, I urge you or beg you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So I want to take a little time to take a look at that verse because there's, so there's so many different pieces to it. For one, it starts off saying in view, like the, the idea of being a living sacrifice is in view of God's mercy. Um, what is mercy? Mercy is really very, very specific. I'm going to read actually a couple of definitions for it. Um, Or, you know, for mercy. Because you think about it. Mercy is a different ingredient in some ways than grace. What do do you think about when you think of uh, mercy? Being Being spared. Anything else? Things that come up? Being guilty of something. You know, mercy actually deals with our bad parts, really, if you think about that you don't have mercy for the things that are wonderful, you know, it's the, the mercy comes from the darker parts, and part of this is true, is like, all of us have really darker parts, like, darker thoughts, darker feelings, things that we do, honestly, aren't our most flattering, you know, there have been times when I got so, I, you know, where I was, like, cross-eyed with envy, thoughts of, you don't deserve that. That person doesn't deserve it. I deserve it. Not them. Do you know what I'm saying? Those voices are not my most attractive side. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, or whatever the, the, or revenge, you know, wanting to hurt somebody or make them pay or those kind. We've had feelings like that. And those are, or there's just many, many parts that you're just like, Oh, if somebody really knew that that went on inside of me. Like, Oh, it's not a nice part. So, but we're all aware of whatever it is, or sometimes, honestly, I, I think, for, for me, it's just those are actually the nicer parts. I mean, not, you know, nicer parts, but nicer out of the worst parts, you know. Or just some of the, you know, the moments of my life of degradation and, uh, you know, gosh, it's just a, um, what was it? There was something in there where I was looking back at, at my younger days of, like, all the guys I went after were married. Now, how sick was that? You know like I was just looking at the dynamic of that and just going ooh gosh that's how I lived for so long you know just the I'm just like ah what the heck or whatever the the whatever are the things that we've done or things like that that you wouldn't want to necessarily tell everybody um so that's where mercy comes into play mercy it says compassionate or kindly forbearance shown toward an, an offender an enemy or other person in one's power, compassion, pity, or benevolence. And then forbearance, kindly, kindly forbearance. It's not just, you know, like uh, the the forbearance is a refraining from the enforcement of something as a debt right or obligation that is due. So it's sort of part of the struggle with our self-worth, if we can understand it, is getting, we are really the most aware of our darker parts, you know, and those are the parts that when we're sitting in front of the mirror going, you're likable, da da part of it's going, you're lying, liar, 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 do you know what I'm saying, and so it's hard to kind of, so just a bunch of positive affirmation won't make that go away, but it's the mercy of God. It's the fact that, you know who else sees all those darker parts? It's only, it's only one. You know, it's God. God's like no person actually. I mean, my husband actually sees some of the darker parts, but not all. You know, I've tried to fill him in on everything. But, um, uh, but God sees all of those parts and shows us mercy. So then the response is that that in view of God's mercy, that's the context of this, This is just a little weird in some ways. Like, okay, because God's merciful, it says to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, when you think of a sacrifice, what do you usually think of? A lamb, sacrificial lamb. We're coming up on Easter Passover season. Now, when you sacrifice the lamb, it's not exactly alive. In the sacrifice, do you know what I mean? So this is kind of, so. there's kind of a few funny things here. Sacrifice, usually we think of death or being ki- you know, killed. Here's a sacrif- sacrificial lamb. Jesus and his sacrifice that he gave. So it's saying, it's really interesting. There's so many things to look at in this verse. It says, and it says to offer our bodies. Why not hearts? You ever think about that if you're familiar with this verse? Why does it say, offer your heart as a living sacrifice? What's the difference, if you think about it? What would that, in your, in your brain, what would the difference between offering your body as a living sacrifice versus offering your heart? A, that's a good one. I like that. Like, the, the heart is just a piece. So I like that. What else could it also be? The, what do you think about the difference between heart and body? Yes, I think that's very true. A body is physical, literal, like here I am. You can't escape it. Heart, you can get a little ambiguous about, right? It can be a little vague. It can be like, I'm giving you my feelings, God. You know, (laughs) there's no action behind that. You know, nothing, there's nothing changing. Nothing like, you know, when you think of body, you think of physically, like what all would that encompass to give your body as a living sacrifice to put on the altar of God. Now the altar is, is a place of worship that you offer something as sacrifice. So God's saying in response to his mercy. Now this is just a weird thing to offer yourselves to for us to step onto the altar or to kneel on the altar or you know to be to place ourselves on the altar and say I ain't much, God, but you got me. You know. It's just really there's just sort of like this is all I got, you know, and body, it's kind of interesting, too, because body, you also get, in some ways, the, the crummy parts, too. Do you know what I'm saying? Of just going, you get it all. It's like, there's some parts broken and, you know, and a little feeble or whatever, um, a little busted up, but here I am. My body's been battered around, been through some garbage, not necessarily the most purest, fabulous offering, but here I am you have me lord another thing about living sacrifices is guess what they can crawl off the altar you ever thought i mean this is the big joke about living sacrifices you crawl on the altar but you know usually sacrifice here here you are god the sacrificial lamb you know dead lamb or something but a living sacrifice is like you cr- crawl on the altar here i am god and here i'm off <laughs> and then here let me crawl back on and so Honestly, part of this is because living... Now, come on, we've crawled off, right? Some of us have crawled on the altar and crawled off so many, many times. I think it is a lifelong process in a way to try and keep going back to say... Because it really has to be continuous that we go, okay, Lord, I, I, I went way off the altar here, but here I am. I'm showing myself to present myself as a living sacrifice. And the thing is, is God... In his sacrifice, and it's a part of the, you know, the paradoxical nature of God that normally you think of sacrifice as being loss. In God's God's paradox, the the sacrifice actually is, is where the healing, deliverance, being set free, you know, all of those things. There is no, there's no loss, in sacrifice, So it's weird because it's the opposite of how we would think of sacrifice to place ourselves on the altar of God. Anyway, uh, and that that, it says, is our spiritual. You know what real worship is? Putting yourself on the altar of God. <laughs> Spirit, that is, it's saying right there, that it, you want to hear worship, we can go, oh, here I am, Lord, that's my worship. And then, you know, there's, God's going, I, I want, you know. I'm looking for the whole deal, you know? Um, I think, too, in this, I believe when we're talking about self-image and some of these things that this truly living here is where we see who we really are more clearly and become our true selves and who we're intended to be. I've seen it over and over again more than any other place or any other situation. I've seen people bloom and and emerge into their personalities that were squished, into gifts that were squished. But this is where people become who God really intended them to be, you know, in freedom. And, and, and it's, it'll start to make sense as we go through it. In verse 2 it says, Do not conform or be molded any longer to the pattern of this world, but, but is a, a word that says it's in contrast, be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I want to break that verse down a little bit, too. Because here's, here's the options. To conform to the pattern of the world. If you are passive, you will get molded. I know you don't think so. But you know what? The, de- the Bible says the devil is the author, you know, is the god of this world right now. And if you're passive and do nothing... I'm telling you, seeing it says you just get molded like clay. It's we, people are way more sheep than we think. You know, I used to be in the pitch business where you go to the swap meets and you, you know, people pride themselves on all this independence. I think for myself, I'm independent. I'm telling you, people are the most like sheep. I don't care what you think. I, I mean, I thought I was the most independent person in the world too, and. I'm telling you, it was pretty horrifying to see how much I was just being molded. And the Bible talks about the fact that if you are passive and don't make choices deliberately, like the opposite of putting yourself on the altar of God, you will just get molded by by the world and the, and the devil. Just say, "Oh, great, you're just malleable clay. I can do whatever I want with you. You know, I can turn you into whatever I want." It says now the opposite. The contrast of being molded is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what in the heck is that? For one, what do you think about when you think about transformed? Being different. Being different different than what you are. It's the word metamorphoo. Guess what that, you, you know what that word means, right? Metamorphosis. What do you think about metamorphosis? What do you think of? Butterfly, caterpillars into butterfly, right? That kind of the metamorphosis, that kind of change. That's what it's talking about. So, what is it? Like, that's what the possibilities are and how God works as far as being transformed. So, that's the option the caterpillar to the butterfly. And of course, you know, we usually like the butterfly better than the caterpillar. The caterpillar's not the prettiest thing in the world, you know. But, um, you know, it doesn't, it goes really slow, doesn't really move. It kind of looks like a slug. I mean, they're cute and everything, but really, you know what I'm saying? Like, butterflies are gorgeous. They're flying. They're free. You know, the, the, the imagery, I think, is, you know, uh, clear here. The opposite of being molded is to be transformed. Now, what is the renewing of your mind? If you think about that. It's kind of a weird image, too. As far as the renewing of your mind, I have seen, like, you know, it's so funny because you can change a lot in your life by renewing your mind. Renewing your mind, because the way that life works is you cannot change thoughts from entering into your mind. All kinds of crazy thoughts enter your mind, right? We've probably... You know, we all have thoughts of, like, doing things like, oh, what if I just drove off a bridge, right? Or, you know, or, oh, I would like to kill somebody. Crazy thoughts like that. And then as soon as they come into our minds, we go, ah, you know. Do you know what I'm saying? We don't allow them to stay. I think we're not as aware... Um, as what is available is you cannot change the thoughts that come into your mind but you can decide where you feed your mind you can decide what you immerse your thoughts in you can um, what are you putting into your brain what are you feeding on if you're feeding on garbage guess what's going to be in your brain do you know if if you're if the most of what you're using to sustain yourself in your life is you know things like i mean i love people magazine but do you know what i'm saying if you know <laughs> But if you know do you think that maybe that might have some impact on how you see yourself on your self image think about what is it that if you're feeding your brain on all these people that you know all of the things that that of trying to be somebody that it's not available to be and comparing yourself and all of those destructive hurtful things then that's going to take a toll on how you see yourself and whether It's going to get your brain skewed because a lot of the self-image stuff comes from we're feeding on things that are so skewed about who we think we ought to be, where our values should be, where our priorities are, how we see ourselves. We're seeing ourselves through some really wacky lenses. So the renewed mind has to do with what is it that you are putting in your brain to help in seeing reality, and help seeing yourselves the way that God sees you. What are you feeding on? What are you feeding your? What are you feeding your mind? Also, so it's what you're putting in your brain has a huge part, and what you're choosing to dwell on, because you can grab something and sit there and go, you know, like and just feast on it. Have you ever? I, I, we've all done this, where we just spin out of control with something, whether it's, you know envy or anger or revenge or things like that and we just fester and, fester and fester and fester and fester and fester and the bitterness just gets deeper and deeper do you know what i'm saying but how about in the way that we see ourselves that that is a big factor too in whether it's the negative self talk you're a loser you're worthless you know you've never amounted in anything you're stupid you know you've got no talent look at you you know like Compared to these people in People Magazine. Or, do you know what I'm saying? Like, you never look like that. Who's ever going to like you? You know, or whatever those things are. You know, or the other way. Sometimes we feed our brains the other way. Well, I'm sure better than they are. Do you know? I mean, we're, th- that's not going to work either as far as feeling better about yourself. You know, look at that person. Jeez, well, at least I'm, um, you know, take care of better care of myself than they do. Or, you know, at least I got a better job than they do. Or, you know, at least I... Can sing better than they can, or you know, whatever the heck the thing is. Um, you know, looking at how how we feed our brains—garbage in, garbage out. Um. So the transformation has to do that. We can do deliberately. If we do that deliberately, we do not get molded. Do you see the difference? One is saying. I want to be in reality. I want to believe what God says about me and who I am and see myself the way that God sees me. I'm going to choose to feed myself on things that help me to see that, on things that help me to find balance, as opposed to you know, the, the um, idea of just sitting around getting molded and not even knowing that you're getting molded. You know, one's still, It's awesome. You get to choose. Because this is kind of cool, then look at the way that the verse winds up. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If if you choose to feed on the things that help you to transform and change, whether it's fellowship, whether it's healthy relationships, whether it's in the scripture, whether it's you know, reading Cloud and Townsend books or whatever it might be, you know, it's just like in that, what's really cool is you're gonna see the fruit. You know how you know God is real a lot? At least how I know one of the ways I know God is real is by the fruit. You do the stuff that heals. You get fruit all the time, not some of the time. Like, look around you. Look at the room. I know you guys know a lot of people here. You know, there's not one person here that you can't look at and see where they have walked with God that there's been transformation and change. You've seen it in your own life. There's not once that that, that the formula turns out some other kind of way. Well, I did all these things and I was really walking with God and my life turned out like garbage. No. It's just like, I'm sorry, it's just, it is a formula. It really is like really, really predictable. And so what it's saying is if you do this, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Because God's will and desire, you'll get to see that he wants good stuff. you get to see that your life is happy and blessed. That he's not asking you to do things because he wants you miserable. Yeah, you know, the ones you to make decisions and choices so that you'll just be in bondage and your life will suck and you you know, that kind of thing. No, you'll get to prove and test what God's will is, his per, good that He likes you and that His will is good for you, that it's good and pleasing and perfect will. Okay, next section. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, it's kind of interesting because again, like I say, we can err both ways. If we can err thinking that we're you know, we got I'm, um, you know, like I like more highly than we ought to think. How about when we think, "Oh, I, you know, I don't need God. I'm cool. I'm fine." I got this one. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I'd say that's more highly than you ought to think. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of you guys are going, I don't think that way. I don't think hot more highly. I'm just somebody that's lowly, thinks of myself as lowly. Ah, you're full of it. Because we, you know, cause the truth is, is that you know how, you know, if you're not really connected with God and His grace, you will swing from in your feeling crappy about yourself. The way you, the only way you can fix it is to f- feel that you're superior. That's the only way you make yourself feel better. I've done it right. I'm not the only one in the room. The um, so the idea is to think soberly. What would it? What does it seem to be to be to think soberly? If you think about that, not intoxicated, not drunk, not you know, think so. In reality, isn't that kind of cool? Like the we It's not the rah-rah in front of the mirror. It's what will make you feel good. Is to feel the goal. It's just to want to be in reality with the balance. The, the I'm a piece of garbage, worthless, that's a lie. I'm fabulous, wonderful, you know, blah, 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 is a lie too. So it's just sort of like, but all of us, we want to get as more and more in touch with what is the balance. You know, and be willing to, because there's healing in that, there's love in that. Being loved for, you know, for the mixed bag that we are, there's a lot of healing in it. It says in verse four, just as each one of us, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who form one body and each member belongs to the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Now, this is really, this is, we're not generic people. That's cool. Like, We want to get to the place that we embrace what our gifts are and appreciate other people's gifts and not be looking at other people's gifts going, Why didn't I get that? That one's better than mine. Why don't, you know, why can't I play violin, huh? That John, you know, why can't I sing? Look at that girl with her red hair and her voice. Yeah, you know, (laughs) do you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to get to the place. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? like where we just get that each single one of us has a unique, one-of-a-kind gift, special quality that's so precious to God, and just be, I like that, you know? All of our bodies are a little weird. <laughs> they really are, I, you know? They, there's Everybody's got weird stuff, come on, like, you know, the people in the magazines got lipo and all those kind of things, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you everybody's got weird stuff too, so it's just sort of like you know there so part of this is just sort of embracing like for ourselves and enjoying who we are, the uniqueness of what we bring because it's God's given it, like God made god doesn't look at us all as one generic interchangeable thing, like uh, pff, you know. Doesn't matter, you know, if Glow's here, because we get John Mark. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, a, it's not the way it works, you know, in God's economy. With God, every single person matters and is unique and is precious and is gifted. We want to embrace that in ourselves. Embrace, you know, embrace that and embrace the joy of, of what the gifts are in one another as well. God's not looking at us like one big generic, whatever. Like we're all just minions; they all look the same. All you know, whatever. And so, and he's excited about our individual gifts that he gave us, you know. And everybody's got stuff to give, so this is where we want to really connect. And then we all have different gifts according to the grace given. <laughs> now look, if a man's gift is is prophesying. Let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. The thing is, is I'm telling you, the place that you're going to really, really get your value is in serving in some way. I believe that. Sorry. Sorry. I believe that where you really, really get what's special and unique about you is not being a hoarder. It's not like it's mine, 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 you know, I'm sorry. Withholding is not how you're going to get your value and your worth and feel like the gift that you really are. It's not, you know, it just, like all of these examples have to do with doing something as far as how you affect other people. I believe that where you really get your specialness and your uniqueness and own where you love who you are, you just go, I like I like what I got to bring. I got a little pot belly, but you know what? It's just like, so what? You know, I was just like it, You know, it's I I like what I got you know I make a difference and the thing is is you make a difference you uniquely have a calling and a place that you can make a difference that no one else can if you don't show up it's not just covered that's a lie I'm sorry if it's a lie otherwise what the heck is free will for anyway your absence will be felt I'm telling you, you you and, and how you decide to engage or not engage, it will make a difference. You just sit there and you have the gifts that God gave you, and you just sit there and, you know, hoard them. It's going to make a difference. And you're not going to be blessed either. You're not going to bless others. You're not going to get blessed. You're not going to see, wow, my life matters. My life means something. I've got, God's called me to make a difference, you know, he has. Every single one of you. There's no, I'm sorry, you, we can't trade you out and just somebody else comes along and no biggie. It's not, the, not reality. Not reality at all. Okay. Let's go through. Um, I want to try and get through here but because uh, there's still good stuff left in this. In verse 9, love must be sincere as opposed to, you know, what's not sincere? What does love look like that's not sincere? The what conditional. Just no, no action. Do you know, love you, bless you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. It's just like. I'm sorry. You could say you love somebody. We've all experienced that, right? Somebody says that they, "I love you," and hey, where's the action? I'm not seeing it. You don't sure act. Nah, I'm not seeing the love. Do you know what I'm saying? Love should be the real deal. You know, it's not just a word. Hate what is evil. I'm telling you, that's a commandment of God. You didn't think you're supposed to hate. You're supposed to hate evil. I'm sorry. It's not like, oh, let me love, let me just, oh, let me just wrap my arms around. No, there's a lot of evil. (laughs) There's a lot of evil. You should get mad. You should be disgusted. There's just, you know, gosh, some of the stuff that, uh, what's the guy that, the guy and his wife, and just reading about the trial with that. I hate that. We got a lot of reason to hate that. The guy that kidnapped uh, J.C. Dugard. I hate, hate what's evil. It says cling to that which is good. Cling to that. And then it says be devoted to one another in brotherly love. We're family. This is, again, all of these things is also where you're going to see your worth and value. Honoring one another above yourselves. You know why? How can you do that? Honor one another above yourselves? You you know, the reason you can is because I'm telling you, when you live like this and you're trusting God, because God's going to bless you and your needs. That's how it can work. That's why you don't have to be a hoarder. I'm telling you. You don't like the truth. Is is that God Almighty is not going to fail you? It's not you can't outgive God. You know, it says um, never. Oh, I love this in verse eleven. This reminds me that never lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor being white hot, serving the Lord. Man, this is a way to live. I I was thinking about John Mark. I thought that they said risk all for the kingdom was what I was thinking. It was really, but it got me on fire. The way I remembered it was, (laughs) was risk all for the kingdom. That's like, and I got, that lives for me. Uh, Man, I, there's nothing that matters more to me than like making a difference. I want with all the fire that's in my heart, within my life, within my soul to do everything everything I can to pass on healing to make a difference. We can change the world one life at a time guys. I'm telling you God almighty is big enough and he's got you don't have to have energy. He'll give you energy. I'm telling you you, don't, you try and run on your own strength you're going to be tired. You're going to be tired but God's big. You can work on spiritual energy, spiritual power with a white hot flame burning within you. Don't be falling asleep at the switch. <laughs> I'm telling you, it says, don't be lacking in zeal. Have some passion for goodness sake, for God's sake. For God's sake, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual white hot red burning within you serving the Lord. I'm telling you, you want to see, feel good about who you are? I feel like more myself than ever before in this zone. I'm telling you, like, you want to live for an eternal purpose. Jeez, it's a whole lot better than living for a paycheck. What the heck else is there to live for, guys? What is worth it? You know, I, I want to do something where I make my life count. Your gifts were given to you to make your life count for something, to make your life make a difference. I want to change the world one life at a time. Honestly, even if they can't come to God, I want to do the best I can at passing on the healing. Why not? You know, if somebody, uh, just like, wh- however I can give them Jesus and his healing and his love and his deliverance, if you never even come to Jesus, I want you to get something. I, I want to be there somehow, some way in your life to just go, I don't care. Jesus loves you. I'm going to try and bless you however I can. Whether you ever come to say, yes, Lord, I believe now, I believe that the way that there really is healing, really that sets people free is to come to God and his son. So I'm going to do my best to help people if I can to get there and to get, because I can't be the savior. So my best bet to help people is let, let me get you to the savior so that, so that you've got a constant source of supply kind of thing. It says... Verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another, do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the sight of, in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, said the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but, be, but overcome evil with good. I mean to tell you, that whole section, you know what I see as a theme there? It's worth fighting for people. Every friggin' thing in there is fight for people, fight for healing, fight for deliverance. With all the power you've got that God has placed within you, we can make a difference, guys. Somebody fought for you. God fought for you. Let the fire within you, if you want to really see yourself be who you were really called and intended to be, be willing to get in the fray and put yourself out. You know, being stingy won't cut it. it I'm telling you, you're gonna you're jipping yourselves out on life. You know, to sit there and and just be a hoarder. <laughs> you know? Seriously, I'm sorry. It's just like you sit there and you just like are all protective about your whatever, your free time and whatever. I'm sorry. Your life's going to be boring. And it won't be fruitful. And it won't be all that you were called to be or intended to be. Because God, if you want to see yourself in your full technicolor self and gifts and who you are and the freedom of that, it comes in being willing to step out and serve and make a difference. I'm telling you, you can see the impact of your life, you know, and, and see God work. And I'm telling you, you have more energy than you ever had ever. I'm telling you, you will not burn out. You will not get tired. Just t- make sure you take God with you in it. If you do it by yourself, then you will. You know, but this is, I'm, it's just like, this is living life in the spiritual lane. And there's nothing that can compare. I'm telling you, once you taste it, you're not going to want to go back. What has God brought your gifts to do to serve to make a difference, to change people's lives the way that, you know, I I don't want to be stingy with this. I want everybody to have what I have. My life has been changed, radically changed, radically changed. You know, I've seen healing and deliverance and things that I never thought were thinkable. I am so not going to keep that to myself. And it's a fun life, guys. It's not like, uh, ooh, you know. (laughs) It's not. It's not like that. Like, this is, you know, it isn't. God is big. God's got the power. God's given it to you. God's given you Holy Spirit. And in this, there's just like, it's worth investing. It's worth risking all for the kingdom. You know, of just going, I'm living for eternity. I'm living to make a difference in this world every which way that I can. It's worth risking. I'm going to fight for people. I'm going to fight to help. I'm going to fight to rescue. I'm going to fight to reach. I'm going to fight for my brothers and sisters. I'm going to fight for my enemies. You know, why? Why would you be able to, like in the whole ending of this, of just, you know, this, this whole thing of saying, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We can, because the world is evil out there, guys, and people, hurt people are hurting others. And I've been one of those hurt people hurting other people, and so have you. <laughs> you know, that's the truth, but you can reverse that. You know, we have the power right here. Do you know how much damage you can do? Damage to the devil's kingdom. <laughs> that's what damage, ink is for. You know, each one of you, I'm telling you, with God, big things are in store, big possibilities to, you know, change the world one life at a time. Amen. Let's pray for the offering, and then I actually have some really exciting announcements, um, uh, that I want to share with you, because I'm telling you, next week is going to blow your mind. If you're not, you need to drag every freaking person that you ever know. You need to go through your your go through your phone and look through the phone numbers. Every person that you have numbers for, you need to go through and tell them, get here next Wednesday. I'm going to pray, and I'll tell you why. How about that? Amen. Heavenly Father, uh Life with you is awesome, great, fabulous, wonderful. I feel thankful you are a good God. And I just want everybody to have a chance to know you, Lord. I really do. Um, With every ounce of my being within me and the days that I have left on earth, I want to go out with a blaze of telling people about you, Lord. Thankful for your healing and deliverance. And I pray right now for the offering that this is also another way that we can worship you and give you thanks for your provision. Um, God, I just ask for you to bless this and that, um, God, our hearts are just really to give to you out of thanksgiving for all that you've given to us. And I thank you, Lord, for these things in the name of Jesus Christ. amen. Amen. Amen.